is it going? Welcome back to Mind Body Fit. For those of you who are new here, I am your host, Jess J. And before we dive into today's episode, I just want to make sure that you've hit that follow or subscribe button, depending on the platform you're tuning in on. And if you are listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and enjoy what you hear today, I would really appreciate if you could head over to the show's page, scroll to the bottom and leave the podcast a five-star rating and review. But now that's out of the way, I just want to start by saying thank you so much for tuning in and let's all dive straight into today's episode. Hey friends, and welcome to episode 12 of the Mind Body Fit podcast on emotional eating. Today we're going to dive into what emotional eating is, how the habit is formed, what impact it can have on your life, and then best of all, some of my best strategies to break it. Now, let me just start by saying if you're struggling with emotional eating, you are not alone. Studies show that over half of the population struggles with emotional eating, and some studies even suggest this could be up to 75% of us. Either way, emotional eaters certainly aren't a minority group. It affects so many of us, myself included. For a long, long time, I battled with turning to food to help with my emotions. And although I would still say I have my strong but also my weak moments with it, Over time, I have built a strong foundation to combat emotional eating so that it no longer has the hold it did over me. Well, enough about me for now. Let's move into exactly what emotional eating is before we unpack it. Emotional eating can be defined as a way of eating that deals with emotions rather than to satisfy hunger. For example, instead of a hungry tummy rumble cueing you to eat, maybe you also get cued to eat when you've had a bad day a stressful time at work, when something upsetting has happened, or maybe even when you're anxious or bored. Emotional eating is the act of eating simply to deal with an emotion rather than to deal with hunger. Are you an emotional eater? Do you eat when you feel stressed? Do you eat to feel better, maybe to feel more calm or to soothe anger or sadness? Do you reward yourself with food? Does food even sometimes, maybe it makes you feel safe. You know, maybe food feels like a friend. Or does food make you feel out of control? Maybe less in control and more powerless. Whether you resonated with one or all of those things, it's likely you have some sort of emotional eating tendency. But like I said, don't let that upset you. Welcome to the club. There is a lot of us here. The good news is that just like all other habits, there are ways in which you can take back control for yourself. We will dive into some of these strategies, but before I think it's really important to understand how the emotional eating habit is formed so that we can better understand the habit, its hold on us, and therefore how we can break it. There are a lot of reasons why emotional eating can suddenly rear its ugly head in people's lives. However, I do believe that there are a few main reasons the emotional eating seed gets planted. The first is due to society's use of food as a reward, and in particular, this use from such a young age. Think about it. When as a child you go to the doctor and get a vaccination, what is there often a jar of to help ease your pain? Lollies? Chocolates? Now, logically as adults, we know that the lolly won't lessen the pain of the injection you've already had, but nevertheless, we use it to do just that. And we use it to teach our kids that it does just that. Or how about when as a child you fell over and skinned your knee? 
were you ever offered an ice cream or a chocolate or some sort of treat to help take the pain away? From a young age, we are taught in the same way that a Band-Aid helps a graze, something sweet helps most pain. The second main reason emotional eating pops up so often is because we live in a day and age of high stress levels. Once upon a time in our caveman and woman days, we felt stress if a lion was coming to attack us. And to be honest, that was probably about it. As a protective and incredibly intelligent response, our body would release cortisol, commonly known as the stress hormone, to help us either fight or flight in the dangerous situation we were stuck in. This would allow us to fuel our body with energy quickly so that we could get away from said lion should we choose to. Now, this might not seem like an issue. However, elevated levels of cortisol has also been linked to an increase in appetite and a greater motivation to eat. No doubt, in order to fuel the body quickly, to then use the fuel quickly to once again get away from said lion. Again, all super useful functions in the caveman and woman days. But nowadays, we find ourselves feeling stressed at work, stressed at home with the kids, stressed at home with the partner, stressed checking the mail, stressed receiving bills, stressed sometimes just waking up in the morning. So at about every hour of the day when we feel stress, we elevate our cortisol levels. As a result, we want more food. And unlike the caveman and woman days, we don't need to hunt for that food. We don't need to wait for that food. We can find it just about anywhere. The third main reason emotional eating is prevalent in our society is that to some degree, in the short term, we do get a positive response in our brains from sugar and fat-filled foods. Once ingested, studies show that these types of foods seem to have some sort of feedback effect which dampens stress and or other emotions. This again would be all well and good, except for the fact that usually the feelings come back stronger once that feedback effect has worn off. So it's any wonder so many of us emotionally eat, right? Like from a, such a young age, we're taught sweets help lessen pain. As adults, we're then put into stressful situations which cause us to look for food. And then finally, when we consume food, the food can literally lessen the pain, but just for a short period of time. Over time, this response then just becomes a habit, like all of our other habits which are put on autopilot and are completely automatic. So that's why it's so important that we take back control of this habit because it is deeply ingrained and it simply just does not serve us well. It serves us, don't get me wrong. It offers us short-term reward and relief. However, more often than not, at a longer-term consequence. So now we know how many of us emotional eating affects, right? We know what emotional eating is, how it's formed, and why it stays with us. Now it's time to get into how we can break it. There are loads of different ways to combat emotional eating, but I like to keep things easy here, as you know. So I've narrowed down the strategy to my most powerful but also simple strategy, consisting of three consecutive steps when beginning to break the emotional eating cycle. Step one, bring awareness to the habit. There is no way to break a habit without first bringing awareness to it. Before you do anything else, a great place to start is to simply notice when you are emotional eating. Take your food consumption off of autopilot and each time you eat, be mindful. 
The goal in this step is not to break the habit, but simply to become aware of it. To stop even just for a moment and recognize that you are eating to combat emotions, not to satisfy hunger. Remember here not to beat yourself up over this. Remember, it's quite possible 75% of us are doing the same thing. Become aware, but be gentle with yourself. Step two, questioning. Once you've brought awareness to the habit, it's time to question it. Ask yourself, why am I eating? What emotion am I trying to combat today? Emotional eating can sometimes come from smaller things like bad traffic or a shit day at the office. However, it can also come from much more deep-rooted emotions such as chronic stress or depression. If upon questioning your emotional eating, you find yourself overwhelmed with the emotions sparking it, you may benefit from some sort of stress or pain management such as counselling. Try to be open to this. Remember, so many of us battle with emotional eating and remember how it forms. It's okay to need some help in breaking through it. Step three, switch it out. The third and final step after bringing awareness and then questioning your habit is to switch out your foods which will serve you better than your current choices. Choose foods that will help not just lower your stress but also keep it there. I've made a link in the episode description for stress-fighting foods. Artificial sweets will give you a high followed by a low, which then triggers you to reach for the high again. By simply switching your foods to foods that will no longer do that, you already reduce a huge feedback loop, which was causing you to continually emotionally eat. How's that for letting it be easy? So there you have it. We're going to keep it nice and simple. Step one, bring awareness to the habit. Step two, question the habit. Step three, switch the food. Remember, be gentle with yourself. Know that you are not alone and be open to asking for help. Lastly, if this strategy doesn't help, know that it is just one tool in the toolbox and you've just got to find the right one that works for you. And believe me, there will be one that works for you, my friend. Before I go, I just want to say a huge thank you to all of you that have sent in feedback on the podcast and shared it on your socials. It's because of you that I'm able to continue creating these episodes and your support goes so far. If you're not following me already on Instagram, you can follow me on the handle at jess.j with J B and J A E. And don't be afraid to reach out. I absolutely love connecting with my listeners and I would love to help you more. Have a wonderful week, my friends. And remember, let it be easy.